now recording all right welcome to the tyranny of thumbs this is a game club podcast fuck i should re- i should have rehearsed zoe's phrases anyways um our f- you know it's a bunch of five friends right fuck let's see if i can do this from memory it's five friends who get together each week and play a game together and then talk about it no it's um, only four friends this week it's gonna be a train wreck because zoe's not here let's just get that out of the way early okay yeah i was gonna zoe's say not that. here this one is gonna be a mess like our fearless leader is gone and i think you can tell like when each of us are gone like based on like the the flavor that episode takes up it's a very unique situation like when zoe's gone as james has already alluded to it's a fucking utter train wreck there's no structure <laughs> nobody like speaks in line or anything we probably don't even talk about the game like if it, if i had had my way we would have recorded the past 40 minutes about mech warrior like, <laughs> like like that's when zoe's gone let's see all right when james is gone there's no shout out to any of our socials. Like it's just, it's fucking, it's just super gone. And as was pointed out so nicely in that episode, there's no interrupting Zoe while she's trying to do the intro. And that's probably the same one I've gone to is that there's no interrupting Zoe while she's trying to do <laughs> yeah, the intro. Yeah, that's what the listeners want. Right. <laughs> and then when Adam's gone, it's like the Bioshock 2 episodes. We forget to have any academic, uh, and like analysis of the game we just talk about our builds for like 40 minutes and then when game yeah. is gone <laughs> nothing changes yeah nothing we forget that gabe is even yeah. wait has gabe, ha- gabe gabe hasn't been gone from yeah, that yeah. episode yet maybe early on right oh, you yeah. have early on yeah when i yeah, had it's just kind of proving yeah. the point a little bit there exactly. yeah isn't it right <laughs> no i'm just thinking back to like all the episodes that i remember recording and i'm like man gabe's always there no it was like back in like march i think was I was gone oh, for a wow. period of like three or four episodes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like Adam said, it's proving the point. Exactly. Um, anyways, yeah. so no, I can't remember back that far. I'm just lying when I say yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. I, dude, like memory is a very strange thing. You occasionally run into people. It used to be the other way, right? I used to think that I was weird for not remembering very much stuff in the past, and now it's like everyone. And I occasionally run into someone who remembers things, and I'm like, "What's wrong with you? How the fuck do you do that? Tell me right now." <laughs> Like, dude, that friend, like Alex, who I will not say his last name. Anyways, he would be like, I try not to freak people out, but I remember everything. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I remember everything we talked about in our first conversation. And what I will do is about two years in, I'll start referencing it. (laughs) I'm just like, what? That's psychopath behavior. Dude, it was. Honestly, I'm like, that's fucking crazy. But how do these people do it? How do these people remember stuff? I don't know how they do that. Um, Well, people like that have like, eidetic memories are like a thing um and i don't know if i'm saying that right because i've only heard seen it read or written um but eidetic memories it's like there's that one guy in like russia because it's always in russia for some reason yeah, who literally remembered everything like every conversation they ever had from like when he could start speaking and i'm and guessing he's I also a chess person, champion and like he's really good at classical instrument playing right? he was probably and he was and he was a cosmonaut to too. from chernobyl yeah he was a cosmonaut that's exactly right Th- that's all to- that all that's all that happens in russia it's that and like track seats i'm pretty sure yeah wow. nope. just really getting into it and yeah. nuclear reactors melting <laughs> yeah Oof. that's all we know about russia from over here in the states if zoe were here zoe has actually been to russia she could tell us how much of this is correct and how much of it isn't but instead train wreck we're just making things up and probably <laughs> yeah. being really offensive to <laughs> who's Russians. gonna stop us <laughs> exactly let the internet rebel once they hear it but in the cast like <laughs> no but seriously like once you, it's actually very interesting like you hear a lot about like russian super athletes in the different disciplines and it seems to be from the outside from the layman's perspective that they Jews? are very into what what <laughs> they, they juice what? 
They juice? Oh, yeah, oh, juicing. They juice. Yeah, 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 well, that's yeah, true. Juicing, yeah, that's yeah. true. No, no, no. I was going to say they have like a um, oh. like a fascination and a love of like older school styles of things that like America's moved on from, like chess. Like we're not super into chess anymore over here, but like the best players in the world in chess, a lot of them are coming from Russia because they just, they love it still. It's like classical music. Like we like, we pretend to like classical music in America, but we actually like Cardi B. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Or we like to hate Cardi B and wherever you fall on that spectrum, that's fine with me. But the point is no one in that spectrum is listening to classical music. Also a lot of classical musicians are Russian. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I just, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like a lot of the greats. Uh, Zoe, please write in and tell us what the fuck we're talking about. Um, anyways, um, yeah, let's get hate mail from people who are regularly on the podcast. That <laughs> <Yeah>. sounds incredible. <laughs> so what did we play I this week? I was listening, and your podcast was completely factually inaccurate. <laughs> you think Zoe's mom will listen to this one? I think so. I don't know. Maybe. Have her write in. Let us shout out to Zoe's life. mom, by the way. She's my father out. listened to one and my father just like he does not interact with games whatsoever my father listened to one he was like well i didn't really understand the subject matter but it was nice to hear your voice and it's like that's very comment. yeah yeah my mom is like ah oh, like i'd love to listen to this and then i'm like you don't have to trust me it's not for you it's like the same thing like there was a person from my work and they were like hey man i'd love to listen to your podcast and i told him hey man uh i you're more than welcome to but i want to note something as a human being to another human being, there are probably a hundred thousand other podcasts on the spectrum between what you would enjoy and our podcast subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as a person, just want you to listen to those first. Yeah. And if you didn't like them, fine, you can listen to ours. But it's like, eh, not for you. Anyways, what did we play this week? A great question. We played a game called Detention, which... In the uh, Steam library, it said similar to Layers of Fear and Cat Lady. And I was like, oh. Well, I disagree with both of those, but all right. Well, <laughs> Cat Lady sort of. I think it's superficially a lot like the Cat Lady. Yeah, it's like yeah. mechanically, you know? Right. Is that but fair? I, I think, yes. And mechanically, so they're both point and click adventures. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. They're both point-and-click adventures. Um, the subject matter that they tackle is completely different, um, despite kind of approaching it from the same angle. They have similar art styles, but, I mean, it's a little bit unfair to compare that because I think the Cat Lady had a team of two or something, two or three, and this game had a team of, like, I want to say it was, like, eight to ten people were credited as, like, major players. Um, yeah, something like that for sure. So it's a little unfair to, like, compare them uh, in that particular way, but... Uh, yeah. The but interesting thing is, the cat lady. it does. Um, and I think it also does more with it. So I actually, uh, I'm gonna start off with this. I actually like this game, which confused me. You what? Confuses <laughs> um, me too. So it doesn't. That's not why you're on this podcast. Much. Yeah, wait. We can't have this, <laughs> especially if we're down a member. You need to stick to your role. <laughs> I um, I think that this game didn't get enough into. Uh, it was anti-communist. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, it mentions communism, but it doesn't deal with communism, right? Yeah. No, it didn't do appropriate justice to Karl Marx. No. Um, <laughs> No, I actually like this game, and I'm like trying to figure out why exactly, because it does really superficially, it resembles the Cat Lady a lot, and as you may recall, I was not fond of the Cat Lady. Yes. Um, I think the big things that helped me... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The big things that helped me with this one was that like the puzzles weren't... like 
Okay, so the puzzles weren't really hard. There was like one puzzle that I had to look something up for, and I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. But it was never frustrating. Um, the Cat Lady, I felt that the puzzles were very, like, routinely frustrating, which is you don't want to get frustrated in a game generally. Um, also, uh, it deals with interesting subject matter. I did not find the subject matter that the Cat Lady uh, dealt with. I didn't feel that it dealt with the subject matter it uh, approached um, responsibly or well or in a deep way. And this one I felt really did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just also was exploring a more compelling theme. It like talked about something that I find more interesting. Hmm. Um, and also the art was better, but like that's not a huge thing. Yeah, I actually love the the janky art style of the cat lady and i'm actually curious oh to i see remember if, yeah no but i'm curious to see if lorelei which is like they had more money and they had more art style like if they keep some of the gen- like that's a huge question mark to me is like do they clean it up and make it a standard looking game or do they keep some of their jank because they like it or because it was a necessity of two people so i don't know that's a question mark for me but yeah you know when i was playing through this game i was thinking a lot about how the first bunch of puzzles are just like brain dead easy you know what i mean like, they're like, right. I need a crank. Oh, it's in the exact next screen. I'll bring it back. <laughs> um, and so yeah. I think they like, definitely give you an ease into the puzzles. And maybe later, when you're like three-fourths of the way th- through the game, you're like, okay, this is a little bit dense now, and I'm kind of checking stuff. But, like, before then, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And that's, like, really common is to, like, have... And the Cat Lady did this, too, where the first puzzles were, like, walk to a place and grab a key... Except the cat lady was just like, everything you attempted to do just said fuck you. And then it like gave you the way out anyways, sort of. Um, but in this, it's like, it, it was less harsh about it, but you still get that those teaching moments. Like, you get a crank, and then it's like, hey, drag the crank to the item you want to use it on. Yeah, That's how this works. That's how you <laughs> interact with things. Those teaching moments are really important. Yeah. You should note, though, how many times McCoy didn't grasp that concept. Dude, it's rough. Because I always <laughs> click on them, and I expect their dialogue to change because they know that I have the item. So, like, I click on the thing, and it's, it gives me the same shit. Like, God, I wish I could use a crank. I'm like, I have the crank. I have the crank. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. And so, it's like, you know, then I drag it to the thing. And it's like every time. I was like, okay, I finally have, like, the incense. So, I'm just like, click the thing. It's like, God, I wish we could have something to burn in here. Fuck me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Think of it as real life, McCoy. If you had to, like install a crank in real life would you go up to the crank slot and just talk to it and just talk to it i might fair enough i think what you would do in that case is you would walk up to the crank slot and grab your dice and rub it all over the crank slot and say oh that didn't work and then you would grab your <laughs> grab your notebook and rub that all over the crank slot and be like oh, okay it must be something else and then you'd grab your crank and you'd rub it over it until a cutscene plays that's right you life. would say every time like ah oh, that did nothing like out loud like into yeah. the room <laughs> <laughs> and then roll the dice see if you get a natural 20. Yeah, dude, it's it's funny though because I actually, okay, this is a little bit jumping around. I'm cool with that. But I actually think using the notebook as something that you needed to use was a clever use of like what appeared to be a sacred part of your inventory. Like this is your notebook where all the notes are and the clues are. Uh, and then they eventually had that be used in the puzzles. I actually thought that was like a very interesting sort of almost breaking what you expected of the game's rules like halfway through. Did anyone else like a couple of those there? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, that that was a really good puzzle. It embodies your like notebook in in the game. It's not just a UI element. So what were the other ones? I'm just curious that you were like, you you seem to be like, oh yeah, Um, dude, I know a couple of other ones. 
Well, it wasn't exactly that, but like they played with the inventory. Um, the biggest punch was like where you go and you get the um, uh, band reading list and it's represented as a gun. And like it's yeah. literally a gun in your inventory and it says band, it's titled band reading list. And then yes. you use the band reading list to kill someone because yes. that's what your character did. Um, it's not literally, but it's like, this is what you did to a person. And it's yes. very clear about that. It's not yes. sugar, like, yeah. Well, you know, in fact, if you're going to go with that, it's the same thing with when way. So, so in this game, it's, you start off as a way. And what's interesting about that is that they sort of immediately do this twist where like way is like accomplishing things. He's almost a tutorial in a sense. He teaches you how to play the game. You meet this other character who you're then sort of protecting and shepherding. And there's this little like sort of male female dynamic where he's like sort of saying, I need to protect you. And she's sort of like, I'm strong anyways. And then basically they give you this hilarious laundry list of like, I'm going to need X, Y, Z. And then like another thing. And you're like, ah, I will go out and get them. And immediately you die (laughs) to the demons (laughs) and you come back as this lady and you play the rest of the game as her. Um, except for a small thing towards the end as the good ending. But, but, uh, what's interesting about this is at one point in time, like, so basically you, you, you phase back into reality, but it's not really reality. It's a, it's another demon realm sort of thing, which is basically later described as sort of your nightmares and, and troubled mind, uh, and your guilt. But you see way hanging there upside down, just dead. And at one point you slit his throat and like take his blood into a bowl and it was interesting because you're sitting there going like, what the, well, what the fuck is this? And that's another example of the gun, right? That you've said, it's like, you don't actually kill someone, but this banned reading list you use kills them. And in this case, when you slit his throat and you drain the blood, it's like, you didn't actually kill him, but you did rob him of his life when he went to jail for mm. 15 years. So in a sense, you are killing him. So it's like, they did a lot of those, or not a lot, but enough of those that, that really land where you're like, damn, okay, that's what you're trying to say. That's powerful. Um, did you guys know? Because this is something you could miss. I'm just going to say this right now. That at the there's this man, this older, somewhat a little bit overweight, balding man that you see throughout this game occasionally. And in the good ending, you actually play as that person and you walk around the school afterwards. And this person is actually Wei. Um, and you can know this if you get the good ending which i did not get initially but if you get it he actually comes with a diary item in his inventory and if you read that it explains very clearly that he is way coming back after his 15 year sentence and he is just trying to make peace like interesting did did you did you guys see the good ending in all of this i'm just curious no i had to look it up um i noticed from the achievements that there was one Uh, i actually kind of liked the uh the so to say bad ending a lot more Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, it hits really hard if you if you steer into it. It hits really hard. Like like okay, I I definitely want to talk about that because I think both ending. Let, okay, fuck it. Like if assuming you're the listener, you've played this game. If you haven't, I'm sorry. You're not going to understand what the fuck we're talking about. And you know what? I accept that. Play this fucking game. It's not that long. It's fucking awesome. That's step one. Step two is there's two endings. There's the good ending and the bad ending, and they have to do with how you answer your shadow self when you say, it's basically like, do you repent for the things that you've done? Do you just like let them happen? Like how much of your own self do you assert into the world after you realize that you've like given the banned book list to the government who's then going to take these teachers and try to execute them and capture them and take these students and try to put them in jail? Like how much do you try to salvage that? 
And if you don't, if you say things like I said initially when we played through, like, I mean, if I'm reading this character at all, she was completely overwhelmed after she things got out of control and she let things happen and they got out of control and there's not she's kind of powerless. She couldn't really do anything at that point and things just started happening around her. And if you start to answer like that, then it brings you so beautifully, in my opinion, into the dark ending, the bad ending, where it really is just like things got out of control, out of her hands, and the story plays out and you can't control it. You couldn't fix it. You couldn't do anything. And it just lands in that in that bad ending. So the, both endings are amazing. You absolutely should see them. But I, I just personally found, it, like maybe like Adam, that the bad ending like is such a perfect culmination to how I played it. I don't know if everyone played it that way, but how I like felt that it was it was building. Well, I just I love yeah. the kind of the message of the the end of the bad ending, which was you know, you know, you walk up on stage and you see all the people like applauding you. And you come up to the other lady on stage, which is like, you know, that scrambled dark figure. Yeah. Which I think is, if I remember correctly, it's just you. Yeah. Um, And it's like, you know, you're going to get like an award, like standing ovation. And the reward is just the noose. Right. And, and I, it's, it's just like. Handed to you like an award garland. Yeah. yeah. Or like and, a, and, like and, a and medal. Did you read into this, Gabe, that it felt like it was almost like you did what you ought to based on the propaganda of the government? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you were the good citizen that, exactly. you, that we wanted you to be, and here's your prize. Like, that exactly. was what it felt like to me. Yeah, it was like, you did your country proud, but look what it got you. Yes. It was like, you just feel this remorse, and, you know, but right before you go to hang yourself, like, the crowd just disappears, because, like, you did your part, yeah. but now you're forgotten. Yeah. And you have nothing to show for it. And they ruined your life. Yeah. You have you have less to show for it than yes. you started. Yeah. Although I actually kind of read Ray's intentions there. It was like out of spite. Because like, hmm. so Ray's character arc is like, you know, things are going well for her uh, and then things fall apart at her in her family life. Yep. And she ends up romantically entangled with the counselor who then kind yes. of tosses her aside. Yes. Um, and then she like you know things fell apart at school and like whereas people used to like pay attention to her and like give her praises now like she just has unwanted attention um and like the the her her love or whatever has abandoned her and so out of spite she basically just like has all of these people effectively executed or or ruined um out of spite um mm-hmm. so it isn't really like a doing your country proud thing because she was also like a free thinker true and yes did not following that mm, yeah like, no but, she didn't buy into the propaganda she just wanted to hurt people but yeah. yes no and I, I actually i agree with that and and that is why she settled with the guilt because it wasn't like an honorable thing as she did it it was like a spite thing but it, what's interesting about the the bad ending in my reading of it was that the government and the outside forces didn't know that and they just saw us a stand-up citizen who turned in their brethren who were actually evil so like you might not have done it for those reasons but they saw you as the champion of the message they've been trying to send so because all you did was turn in the the non-believers or whatever right like the the communists the communists so damn commies so yeah so and but i saw it also as like a a need for control like something that she can actually do and kind of because like her her life was falling apart in so many other ways that she just wanted to be able to do something. Yeah. 
And then ironically, or I'm not sure if ironically is the right word, but as a result, she loses the control, right? And that's what takes you to the bad ending is that she made her move with her control that she had and they took it away from her and made all the rest of the decisions before her very eyes. And the result of it was not something that she could, she wanted or could handle. Well, she wanted it at the time, but I think realized later and like that she did want to hurt people. Like she made that choice intentionally. And then I think later came to realize her mistake and, you know, at that point takes her own life or whatever. Um, yeah and then ends up and then then ends up forever in hell which is where you play the game (laughs) basically yeah or 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 actually i wanted to talk about specifically that where does she end up and to me i don't have a great understanding of like asian like folklore but it strikes me as i was trying to think of where does she end up is it hell is it whatever is it purgatory and it strikes me as she ends up in this world in her own mind almost it's like it's like when you die she's not over her soul still has to make peace with what she's done if you know what i mean so she's like in her own Mm. soul's journey in the world trying to make peace like she like it's almost like this weird message of like it wasn't over when she killed herself because she still didn't find peace she her soul was still around her ghost was still around because it needed to find peace in some way and i i think that's what makes the the good ending so beautiful is that way comes back to the school after everything's overgrown after the whole story is told and he just walks around and experiences it there's you know graffiti all around there's uh, overgrowth everywhere and eventually he sits down at the very desk that he started everything and and sits across from her her ghost and she finds peace with him they talk he forgives her like it's all happens in this in this uh seating uh that they have between each other so it's like it's it's like the 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 bad ending like we've said is really fucking powerful and i don't know how you would possibly get the good ending playing through the first time if not for sure luck but the 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 good ending is also so incredibly beautiful because it is about putting her uh you know haunting soul to rest like and finding these I watched that and I didn't quite read it that way. I didn't read the two as exactly against each other. So my reading of it was that, um, so in the beginning of the game, Ray like doesn't remember why she's basically in hell. She's like, oh, I hope I wake up from this nightmare soon. And then you look at a mirror at one point and it's like, oh, you just wanted to forget. And there's a little spooky thing and the mirror shatters. Um, And like, as you play the game, it is revealed to the player what Ray has done. Um, and you know, in, in the bad ending, I read those choices, uh, talking to your shadow, uh, as like trying to deny who you were and deny what you are. Um, and that leaves you trapped in hell. Um, and if you kind of accept that, it's not exactly that you find peace. It's that you, um, right. I didn't exactly read the two as being, well, no, I guess they are sort of mutually exclusive. Um, I felt perhaps that you could have had both endings be real without one being the end of the other. I see what Sorry, you're saying. that's a half-formed thought. No, okay, no, that's interesting. I'd never thought about that, that in a sense, both could be happening, but you just got right, to witness I, one or the other or something like that. I feel like at least you go through the bad ending a number of times because, you know, as in the bad ending, um, 
as you go through, like you you walk along the uh, the military square in the center of the school and you see all the teachers and uh, as they're like strung up basically and they tell you like oh you're you're cursed to wander the afterlife forever basically and then there's that poem in the ending right before you hang yourself uh life ends but sin is permanent in silence yes. i await my curtain call yes um mm. and like i don't think she ever really gets over it and like they don't i didn't read the ending as way talking to ray um i saw it as way just way was reminiscing and ray gets to witness that he is still alive um and you know she's still a ghost Obviously, I didn't necessarily see it as anyone forgiving anyone else or them actually commuting or talking. It was just Ray getting to look at that and break out of hell for a little while just to look at things. Mm -hmm. Not hell, exactly, because that's yeah. a very Western thing. And this is all based on Taiwan, uh, Taiwanese culture and well, their mythology. I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's uh, I think it's called the Sanzu River, which is essentially their version of the River Styx. The pur Purgatory? Am I thinking about the right thing? Kind of. It's like the underworld, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, yeah, that thought of like, you know, you need to like have done good or have like the proper offerings to cross the river to get to the side of, you know, like heaven, essentially. Mm -hmm. Or like the proper afterlife. Or peace. Peace, yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, with her, it's like, clear that that did not happen and mm -hmm. the sin sticks with you. So I think it's I, I view it as like she's, you know, stuck there having to relive what she's done. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, did you see like a different reading in the good ending versus the bad ending? Like in the good ending where you, did you think like maybe that's like reprieve from that in a permanent uh, sense or? I don't know about it in a permanent sense. I think more so that the good ending, I think in my opinion is more so just way kind of coming to terms with it yeah. and maybe just, maybe he forgives her. And it might just be like a brief glimpse of like, yeah, she sees that he's forgiven her or something or, yeah, you know, maybe it could be that she moves on or, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe he's just imagining her there, hoping yeah. that she can accept his forgiveness or, well, I mean, she wouldn't need to accept it, but like, yeah, just like hoping she knows that he's come to peace with it. Yeah. I, I, there's definitely no like like a right right answer like i think it's open-ended enough but what i what i do love that i get out of the good ending uh is that it's like you know i guess it's like humans right the in and their experience is if you take a kid who's lived for 10 years and something happens in their social circle and they're ostracized for whatever reason it feels like the end of the world but it feels like the end of the world because they've lived for 10 years and they feel like they're about to be ostracized for one year and that's one-tenth of their life and that's a fucking lot. And, you know, as an adult, you try to give them perspective that it doesn't fucking matter, but they can't get over that because it matters to them, right, in their time scale. But I think humans actually have that on a grander scale regardless, even as we adults sit there and say, it doesn't fucking matter. This is what fucking matters. But what I love about the good ending is that you see the overgrowth over the school and you see everything and it's like all of what has transpired has happened and time has passed and now here is hmm. what we have left and it almost matters not it's not that it doesn't matter it's just that it's done what's done is done way cannot change it at the end he can only make peace with it exactly there is nothing else he can do 
And so while it really mattered at the time and it changed all so much of his life at the end of the day, that's what happened. Yeah. That is his life. That is what happened. That is her life. And that is everything. So it's just this beauty of like, you almost see like as the overgrowth takes over. And I, I think this is true in like almost all games where they show like, you know, an apocalypse and then the overgrowth, right? The, the flowers come back, the grass comes through. It's like everything that happened happens, but then somehow like nature is still there. It's still breaking through. It's breaking down that concrete you built. And now you're just left with memories and feelings. Did we know if he it, he didn't come there like right after he got out of prison, right? I, I don't know. I mean, he would have been. Well, he looked like he was fairly old. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess he would have been like I don't know, maybe thirty ish. He was also like wearing kind of modern. Yeah. Yeah. Clothes, he was. And there was yeah. a dick butt on the wall. <laughs> there was, yeah. Is there actually a dick butt? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Neat. But well, that, it, that does really put us in a time, doesn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Modern. We're in the post dick butt era. Yes. <laughs> um, but and this game takes place in like the 1960s, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. So I watched I was, I was... a I watched a playthrough for the good ending, and uh, they pointed out the dick butt on the wall. Nice. I'm glad yeah. that contribution was heard. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I, I assume that he probably went there after the. Ed has known the white terror of Taiwan was over that period of that that amount of you know suppression. Yeah, I think that's when you can truly reflect on yeah the matter. So he came back a lot later. That seems reasonable, especially because he assume. did because the balding right like and yeah. he how 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 old he he appeared to be unless he just had a really bad genetics. Which look like yes, but like you know you do your best to read in. <laughs> um. You don't have young bald people in, in uh, media. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's true. That's like too realistic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. It, it's yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just gonna. So it sounds like this game like did a a good job at at hitting us like by the end. James, I'm curious to you, like just to to reiterate, did you did you enjoy this game? Did you find the ending like landed? What do you think? Uh, the ending was definitely the best part of the game. Because you didn't have to play it anymore? <laughs> well, that, but also <laughs> because it, like, it made it make sense to me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of, I feel like I was kind of struggling for context. Um, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Until the end. Yeah, you definitely get wrapped up in what's going on. I think we also struggled for content. I think we got it by the end, but I remember texting specifically Gabe afterwards saying, dude, I just like saw another playthrough of the good ending and it's way that's who yeah, that dude. I did is. not. I thought it was the friend of way you seen like one of the like mini cutscenes of like, you know, at the, oh, and they're burning the books. Yes. It's way. And then like the other, yeah. I thought it was the other classmates. Oh, I assumed okay. way had died in prison yeah. or something. Yeah. And the friend was coming back and being like, I forgive her for killing my, or well, getting my my friend slash classmate taken away. Right. So so so, but but I I say all I say all that because I think I totally agree with James in the sense of this game like blindsides you with stuff throughout, mm. and you just start slowly piecing it together. But it does such a great job at piecing it together that once you get to the end, you're like, oh, oh. That makes sense. Like it really does fall into place. 
I'm curious, James, yeah. how did you how did you think of it in terms of like a horror game, like a spooky game, like the scares? Um, I didn't like the I don't know. I, I'm very responsive to that kind of stress right now mm-hmm. in that I don't like it at all. But also it's like it affects me a lot. Yeah. Well, comparatively and, uh, to like maybe layers of fear. Yeah, no, there was, it was not anywhere near layers of fear. Right on. But right. I, want to, I want to talk about that a little bit too, actually, if you don't mind me going on a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, please. Go for it. Um, so I had a good line that I wanted to use for layers of fear, and unfortunately I didn't, forgot to use. Um, yeah. So I felt like layers of fear, um, and this is kind of going to be me defining my own terms a little bit here, but I felt like it was a terror game rather than a horror game. Because mm-hmm. horror is like, you know, things are horrifying. Uh, it is kind of that slow build in the realization, the dawning understanding of, oh, that's what happened. Um, uh, Layers of Fear had a little bit of it where you realize that the artist had been chopping up his wife. Um, but like it didn't really have a whole lot of that. And it was mostly terror, which is the boo, bah, gotcha, haha, that kind of thing. Um, terror to terrify someone or to, to or to terrorize them is like that in the moment surprise. Um, it's being startled. Uh, it's um you know being terrorized and i felt this game was a lot more of a proper horror game again using my own terms here rather than the commonly understood terms um because a large part of like the uh uh, fear of this game comes from understanding what has happened and kind of realizing what ray has done and where you are and what's going on uh and had Mm. a fair bit of like that terror in the beginnings but then it really backed off of it like in the first area, you're, 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 there's monsters everywhere. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, not exactly jump scares, but things that are jump scare adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's then a couple jump chapter- scares. Yeah. Like the mirror. Yeah. The yeah. mirror like is a good the one. Weird fucked up face. Is that the mirror? Uh, maybe the mirror was where you're in the bathroom and raise reflection changes and cocks her head and then the mirror shatters and there's a creepy girl. Laughing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like that kind of thing is a lot more prevalent in the beginning. And then in chapter two, when you're wandering through like the other block of the, of the school, you've got the, um, the big lantern boys and the big lantern boys are a lot slower and a lot, um, less, they don't like jitter and shudder and jump around as much. Mm-hmm. They're and a lot like more predictable. Cry and laugh. Yeah. yeah, they're a lot more predictable to deal with, and they tone down the jump scares. And then in chapters three and four, there's like none. Like there's a couple of creepy things happening, but they aren't in your face about it. So it starts off as a game with a lot of terror elements and then leans way into the other side of that spectrum and kind of abandons the terror. And I thought that was very interesting as a way to... Um, that arc was very interesting to me. Uh, and I'd like to kind of get in... Like, what Did you guys notice that? And do you think that that is... Like why they might? What do you think they might have done that for? If you agree with me, I I definitely I think they agree. figured out what the game was about, so they backed off on the terror shit, the horror shit, whatever. Yeah, like interesting. I uh, I like. I guess what I would say is that having like played this game, and then having like read some about this game, and then like read about how they're doing a film adaptation, and it's like. It really, this game does not feel to me like an organic development, like they were rolling through it and figuring it out. Like it feels like very methodical and very intentional. And so I then think 
first of all, I totally noticed that there was like some scares at the beginning that freak you out in a more traditional way. Although notably, they're very muted. Like they don't hit you with the horror.wav, which wav is a sound file. They don't hit you with a hugely <laughs> loud sound file, which just to me, I'm very sensitive to sound. So I noticed that while they were being scary, it was mostly visual and not as much like, bam, like you're scared. Uh, That's why I love Asian horror because it's like a little more subtle. Yeah, it's subtle. And then it like what they did is they did a subtle scare and then went right back to it as if to not even acknowledge it. Oh, yeah. Like the mirror, right? Yeah, and that's like I I love that bit. Um, after you, after you cut Way's throat, just like right, like for like a split second, right before you go back oh, to yes. the third person, um, his his eyes open. Oh God! Yeah, just for a second. Yeah, yeah it's just stuff like that, like the very went, quick, subtle stuff. Yes. And it, I, I think uh, Doki Doki had a lot of those missables too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. It actually, dude, that's such an interesting comparison because it is Doki Doki esque, isn't it? I is that just Asian horror? Yeah, and I actually I learned that also to go off of Doki Doki real quick that a lot of that is by chance. So depending on your playthrough, you have a chance of certain things happening. In, in Doki Doki, not, yeah, yeah, not Doki in, Doki. in detention. Right. Um, but to go back to Adam's original question is, yes. A, I, I agree with him. Yeah. Um, and B, I think it's maybe because maybe like, it's going to be hard to, hard to kind of defend, but I think it's more so like it's the game progresses and it gets more focused on to her past, her upbringing. Yes. And more focused on like her personal, I guess, hell and personal situation. Yeah. Because you don't, yeah, you don't deal with like the, the ghost as much. You don't deal with like the, you know, external like spooks. Um, and you deal more with like the trauma of her life where it's like, you know, you deal with the. Her her mom and dad breaking apart, yeah. and then coming to like that scene where it's her dad on the bed with like the woman's lingerie, yeah. um, and then detailing how yeah her her parents like essentially broke up, um, and then dealing with her finding out that the counselor she was you know had a relationship with, she finds like the the thing where uh, it it comes out that he essentially did that same thing to the teacher. Um, and yes, yeah, so I think I think it just focused more on like the reality or the real like terrors um, of her life rather than like the kind of supernatural spookiness. Yeah, hmm. and, and to add on to that, like I I I so agree with that. I feel like it really is like a honing in on her personal history and terror and and and, and essentially. My thesis, <laughs> I say my thesis because Adam said that one time. I fucking love it? that line. Um, it's a great line. But the, my but my point Thank for you. this game is that it's about the guilt that needs to be released for this character. And so I think you start this game without knowing that's what it is. And I think the scares are almost like misdirection. Or not misdirection, but they are like you're at the outermost focus level everything is really blurry you can't really see into what this game is about and it slowly but surely twists in the focus until you have a very clear idea and that's at the very end Absolutely. exactly what's going on and well, so it goes from mm. the outermost all the way and that's where you're scared you're playing as a different character you're not sure there's some scariness and eventually it is just you are in her guilt and you are walking yeah. her through that 
yeah. river of sticks. A lot, a lot of the surface level like terror, um, and the like the setting is just basically like Asian mythology, Asian lore, like the the whole thing of like the spirits, and you appease them by putting down the bowl of rice to feed them. Yeah. Same with like all like the like the drawings and the, the, the uh, talismans, talismans, all right, that yeah. stuff. Even I think the lantern people. I don't remember that one specifically, hmm. but I remember there being some mention of those kind of spirits in their uh, their mythology. Yeah. I hate to sound like a weeb, hmm. but I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because actually but my weeb knowledge shines exactly. No, Gabe gave me a lot of. I context. mean, if we're gonna be playing this, it's good to have the context. It was no, it was fucking Absolutely. great. Absolutely, no, totally. I, I asked Gabe a lot about context for this, and and you're not an expert, but he was at least able to tell me little bits and pieces about Asian culture that I didn't know. I watched I some Naruto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've run like that with my arms behind my back and wondered if I was gonna fall on my face and wondered if this was faster. But you know, like, yes. The Asian mythology aspect of this game was very foreign to me. I don't know if you guys know a little bit more about it than I do. It was foreign, but it was very interesting. Like, it was very unique and novel, and there was a lot of talismans. There was a lot of, I don't know, demons, maybe you would call them. They're, like, lesser creatures, but they're evil. They're, like, flitting, right? They're not They're not gods. You can beat them, but they're otherworldly and supernatural and haunting, and it was just cool. Um I think that's it's always kind of fun to see things that are different from your perspective. Um, like I find that this happens a lot with me with French media. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't have a ton of exposure to French media, but France is like one of the biggest media exporters. So like media exporters are, you know, America is a huge media exporter. If you go to like sure. Italy or something, you'll just li- be listening to th- um uh shoot what's that song oh the joe uh, rogan podcast no <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no i mean you, you'll be you'll, you'll end up finding like you know popular american culture songs yes. like on the radio and like in bistros and stuff like that and tv um, shows and stuff too uh, right in uh, movies right yeah and and japan is another huge media exporter which is why we see you know we've got a lot of naruto and stuff here um and france is like one of the larger media exporters but it's not a huge one so occasionally i'll find something and be like hey this is different in some way like it doesn't have the same yes. tropes exactly it, yes. it kind of has some different thing and i'm like where did this come from and every goddamn time it's france yes <laughs> so wait adam i absolutely have a game that we should play for this game club or just by ourselves but it's called the council and oh yeah you've mentioned this i'm very interested it's in french it. media and it's a french media take on <laughs> actually u.s history which is very interesting and very strange uh but one of the really interesting this is a small tangent but one of the interesting very interesting things about that game is that it has a really uh intricate skill tree that is all based on non-violent actions you can make in this decision making world so it's like do you want to invest in understanding literature so that you might be able to pick up books from the library that you're searching to understand more your you know task at hand uh, or do you want to have acrobatics so that you might be able to, like, you know, if it actually gets to violence, jump over some sort of thing? Anyways, it's just that um, it's specifically French media. And I say that because it has exactly this feel you're talking about, where it's like, oh, this is our history that I sh- theoretically know from my history classes. And yet it feels foreign and different. And for me personally, I dug that so much. Like, it was so cool because it was just a little off in a way that is not off. Like if you say off, it's like, okay, it's wrong. It's like, it's not off in a wrong way. It, it's cohesive, but just in a different rule set that you're not used to. And it's very cool. Yeah. Huh. 
In any case. In any. Oh, yeah. What game do we play this no, week? That no. was a very. That was a very good point. I. I don't mean to like. No. You. You. You've brought All up right, the point. I hope we do game. play. <laughs> we should at some Yo, point. I'm so. I'm so excited for Scary Games Month to be over, guys. <laughs> James, you're such a champion, my brother. Like, dude, was this game? Was this game scary to you? Like, straight up, like, fuck this. I don't want to play. Or did it ever lock into like, I'm into it. I'm playing it. Let's go. No, I never hit that point. I was just, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like scared enough that I was, but that I was like, eh, fuck this game. Like, like layers of fear, but like the, the kind of, I don't know. I was just like very stressed out and didn't really enjoy it because of that. Okay. Like, like, could you get a little, did you feel that the game improved as it was less terrifying and more horrifying? Um, yeah. Did you find that you enjoyed the later chapters more? Cool. I yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There's some <laughs> interesting things going on in, on my side, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yo, we should Thank pull James' roommate. Much. See how he feels about. It. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's the auto chess going? Yeah. No, 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 no. My my roommate was was was. Uh, Entered my room and and delivered French fries. Excellent. Um, so now we're gonna get to hear crunching on French fries. Oh yeah, yeah. I respect that. Um, no, so um, yeah, definitely. As it entered the later chapters, I was more invested in the story and more interested in the game itself because I wasn't like worried that if I got invested, it would like jump scare me and scare the shit out of me. Right. Um. So that was definitely positive, uh, in my opinion. Um, but, um, I don't know. It, it's not really, I feel like if I had more context for the history that it was discussing, I would have been even more interested. Right. Um, yeah. But like I don't know anything about that time period in, in in Taiwan, so I kind of wanted to learn about it through this game. But that's not what this game is about. Yeah, and interestingly, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about that because it uses that time period, and I think by the end it does. Hmm. Let's put it this way: it is very declarative about the way that it deals with the time period, the way that it deals with the different um, styles of government, the way that it deals with whatever. But through that declaration, like it tells you a story of a person and a person's uh, conflict with this, with, you know, their people around them and then the system and et cetera. And, and the result of all that, but it doesn't really necessarily, I would say like actively condemn anything per se, but as a person who, who consumes this media, you feel what they want you to feel about that system and about that oppression. You feel it. Like, they don't say it. They just yeah. show it. And that's enough, I feel like. I mean, definitely part of the, like, oppressive feeling of the game was, like, them conveying the the fearful, like, situation that these people were living in. Right? Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And and how they... There's also a big, I think, snitches get stitches yes. uh, 
vibe from this. Not vibe, but like it's. I don't want to say moralizing because that kind of implies that it's like really, really on the nose about it. But like this game kind of is a snitches get stitches sort of. Um, not exactly, but I mean, it, there's it, it like kind there's of a lot of that. There's a lot of cultural baggage to that phrase that I feel like is inappropriate, but but like in general, yeah. In, in this particular case, perhaps, but I think it's like it does such a good job of showing you the context, like like you like literally literally showing it to you, like you've literally watching that world unfold. That you're like, oh, I see. Like, if there's a student body here, that's to some degree, many of them are fighting these ideologies and are scared about it taking over, and then you undermine them and destroy everything. Like they're gonna be mad at you, and especially when it comes to school kids. I mean, dude, I, I actually to this day do not know what grade this was but i can just tell you that snitches is a i think it was i think it was like high school she was uh ray was 17 17 okay yeah, I think um, she was a senior and i think way was or the equivalent the right the western equivalent of a senior and i oh, think they a junior. do mention that because they wanted to make the like romance with the counselor like edgy um yeah it was like <laughs> on the cusp it right. was still like not okay but it's yeah. like close enough that it's, you could maybe the try to area. argue it. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just saying that like snitches is a word that I do not hear adults say. I hear kids say. And I do think it is really fitting that the kids here. Clearly turn. you've never been to prison. I have not <laughs> been to prison. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking my truth over here. Uh, I have not been to prison. But it's just like it's it's it really is how do I say this? It makes a lot of sense. And you can see how when someone like this would bring the devastation to your school and to your friends and to your world and to your life, because even if you're not way, like even if you go to, you didn't go to jail, but you were friends with way or you were friends with ways friend that was burning the books or anything, or you liked that teacher. I mean, the, 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 the amount of um, devastation slash change that she brings is, is truly immense. And you can easily see kids, going against that and well, grouping against that. that. That's also the thing of the, of the time. And you still have this in places like North Korea, where it is really like citizen versus citizen because the authoritarian regimes, you know, they want to crack down on that, like rebellion. Yeah. Um, and in this yeah. case, you know, they, they were doing the, they were studying like the forbidden texts. Um, but she, she did it not because they were doing that, she did it because she wanted to get back at the the teacher and the counselor. And that ended up, you know, just like casket, you know, yes. kind of like snowballing and doing all that. Um, but you would get that with in, in reality where a lot of cases, you know, I'm sure there were the cases of people being truly scared about communism or whatever. But a lot of it was really just like jealousy or greed of people being like, I don't like my neighbors or I want their house. Right. So I'm going to report them as communist, have them taken away, and then, surprise, their their stuff is available. And Are you talking about American history during the Red Scare? Uh, I mean, that could fit into it, but you get because it. Because literally, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. you get it in, like, everywhere that this has happened. Because this system right. is, like, a system of hidden knowledge and of secrecy and of subverters and evil people. And it's, like, it's all subjective. And 
at the end of the day, the government doesn't really know who's what and what they really think. But if you can pin something on someone, and in this case, look, yes, they were absolutely reading the forbidden text. I mean, they were. And not only that, but, but they, like, go ahead. Also, like texts being forbidden. Yes. Mm hmm is like the issue here right it's not about like snitching or not it's about the fact that texts like reading thinking things is forbidden right specifically the ideas that the texts have written down and they mention that a lot and it sounds very western it sounds very american where they say things like you're going to encounter ideas that you've not thought of before but do grapple with them. I know it is tough, but that is your right as a human, and you will get that. That's it's like that freedom argument. You know, your right is to grapple with these ideas and take from it what you will. Like, and in fact, in that way, I, I find that aspect just so beautiful because it, it. I'm like you know, to me, the way it feels. I don't know if that's the way it is, but the way it feels is it almost feels like, it almost feels like Harry Potter, where it feels like. Um, the set of students that get together and they learn some of the dark arts techniques for killing because they need to defend themselves. It's like, you are the select group of students here that we trust their minds and we believe in you for fighting in the right way. So we're going to give you the forbidden tests and we're going to give you these ideas because we need you to fight coming forward against mm. these oppressions. And I found, and it's just like, that's such a beautiful concept. So the book group to me was like, we have such an inherent trust in our youth and their their mindsets now to, to accept these ideas and to take with them what they need because we need them to know they must understand like so beautiful and yeah. and as a as a westerner looking at that it's very easy to be like terrified truly truly terrified because you are seeing I, horrified <laughs> <laughs> fair play fair play <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> I mean, they're basically like the same, right? Well, yeah. I, like, I'm making that distinction because if you're going to have an in-depth discussion about something, it's good to like define terms that are useful for that discussion, even if like the regular yeah, versions true. of those terms don't quite match. So, like, right. yeah, I'm doing that. Perhaps it only pertains to this discussion. I like that distinction more generally, but I recognize that it has to be explained every time I wish to bring it into the conversation. I'm into right. it, but yeah. plus it was hilarious comedic timing, so I'm into it. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about just, I think it's worth talking about the middle of this game in the sense of we've talked a little bit about the beginning, not so much. We've talked a lot about the end, which I'd love to get back to if anyone wants to take any, any, any shots at that. But the middle of this game where you're still not zoomed in, you're not, or sorry, dialed in when it comes to a focus perspective, you still don't totally know what's going on. And you're seeing a lot of images, a lot of allusions to things, a lot of metaphors, and you're trying to piece it together. Where is everyone's mindset during that piece? Because I think that was the point where you're like, at least for me, I'm not totally sure where this is going. They've got interesting stuff going on here. I'm not sure what's real, what's not real, but I'm intrigued. Are you talking about chapter, uh, the chapter with the lantern men? I think that's chapter three. No, that's chapter two. So there's prologue, which is uh, where you play as way. That's kind of the tutorial. Then there's chapter one, which is where you're in uh, the same kind of school area and you're dealing with the lingered. Yep. Chapter two is where you're dealing with the lantern men and you're in the more like 
auxiliary building. I don't know exactly what that's called, but with like the, you know, the pianos in the stadiums and yes, the sure. puppetry room sure. and et cetera. Yeah. Um, chapter three then is the, um, they are actually all listed out in the game and I've just forgotten what they are. Chapter three, I think is the scene where you're in the house. And then I think, or with like with the radio. Right. Yeah. So sorry, which sections are you talking about when you say middle? Yeah, yeah. So I I and I definitely in my mind don't have them as clearly cut into chapters, but yeah, there definitely are chapters right, in the game like that you could, but when you're playing it through just like naturally, I don't think they announce them or, or do any like distinction. Uh I'm talking about I'm talking about specifically like maybe even literally like almost with the outer bounds of when you start playing as Ray till maybe the last third where you're starting to truly dial in like where you're it's it's the lantern stuff like you were mentioning but it's also when you're diving into her history and you don't quite get it yet it's also places of the school that you're seeing in different iterations where there's creatures and talismans it's just like there's a lot going on but you're not really sure what your place is in it and i guess i guess i want to preface uh preface this all with saying this was a short game, but to me, it felt very long. And I think it felt very long because it was very dense. And because they took you from a lot of different mindsets, from like you're playing as way and this is what you're going to do, you're going to get the objectives, to like you're playing as her and you're very confused, to like you start to dive in more a little bit, and then you start to really truly get to the points where you're so deep in her psyche that you're pra- like the world is one and same with her. Like, did anyone else find this a game to be to feel long because of the distance that they took your understanding from start to finish. I think it I felt was... long because you have to walk a lot. Back and forth. <laughs> Take that. Although I did feel that the walking was a lot nicer than the cat lady. It felt oh, faster. Yeah. It was like a little bit faster, but it was the little amount that really mattered. I This game was kind of surprisingly long. Like, surprisingly short in the sense that I played it and then looked at the time, the amount of time that I had played and was like, Oh, that was like less than three hours. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it, it did feel like, I, I, what I'm saying is yes, I agree with you. Why do you think that might be? Um, the distance travel, I think is a pretty good like hypothesis for that. Mm -hmm. Um, it may also have been that I was like a little bit rushing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, also there's just a lot to unpack. The kind of mental strain to figure out what the hell's going on and like piece stuff together and and um <clears throat> like interpret stuff that's not from our cultural history. Right. Um like kind of changes that like your mental understanding of, of time in a certain sense, just because you have to do a lot of thinking in a certain sense. Right. And I guess that's I don't know. that's what I'm trying to get at, but I don't fully have a realize because I'm sitting here going, it felt long and yet I wasn't frustrated or like mad at that fact. I wasn't like rushed. You know what I mean? It was like, oh God, this is taking a long time. There's a lot more that this game's going to show me than I thought it was going to. And yet I was like totally bought in. But at the end, it was like only three hours, which is like, that's nothing. I mean, dude, I play three hours with Counter-Strike in two seconds and I blink and I don't even remember who I am anymore. 
Like, it's just like, I was sitting there like, whoa, like there's some sort of distance, whether it be like James is saying in your mind or with Adam saying in the physical world that you travel and this game really does feel like it's stretched. Like, I feel like for three hours, this game gave me so much. I think I figured it out actually. Okay. Um, you, you talking about Counter-Strike kind of snapped it into focus for me. Um, so there's a distinction I like to make between uh, compelling and like good in a more general sense. And I think we've had this argument before, maybe not on the podcast, but uh, Counter-Strike or, um, you know, Skinner Box type games or games like a lot of loot boxes, like phone, phone games, etc. They're very compelling. Um, you want to keep playing them. Time goes by in a blink and uh, like you, you want more of it, but it's like junk food. You don't necessarily like you can step back and think about it and not like you don't necessarily think, yes, that was good. And I enjoyed that. I would do more like I want to do more of it. It's just you are compelled to do more of it. Um, this game is not compelling. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I think this game is really good. Um, but it doesn't like drive you forward with the kind of stick and carrot that a lot of those kinds of games do. It doesn't pull those tricks on you. It is telling a story and you have to be the one to walk through it. It's like reading a, um, like a classic text. Classic texts are very rarely compelling, but they are enriching. Yeah. So, so wait, so if we're going to be genre decks about terms, then I think we should look at the word compelling. Cause for some reason in my head, that's a positive word. Like compelling is like, I was into it. Like I was curious to see what was next. Whereas like, it's almost feels like you're looking for the addicting. It's like this game wasn't addicting. Like it didn't go hooks into your brains and into your, your neurons and into your serotonin. Right. But it, it yeah. was compelling in the way that my mind says it is that word is defined in the sense of, I was absolutely invested and excited to move forward throughout the entire game. And I was quote compelled but it wasn't like addicting. But like, if so, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I I feel like there's a there's an interesting dichotomy there. Um, uh, the, where does the compulsion come from? Is it internally motivated or externally motivated? Um, the games that Adam is discussing is compelling are definitely like external motivation to keep going. Like your compulsion to keep going is driven by what's happening on the screen. Um, whereas in this, it's driven by your mind being like, ooh, what's like, let me make these connections and like work this out. Um, yeah, like you are the one providing that drive. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's not the compulsion per se. It's you versus the game dictating the interest level or the demand of doing it. That's interesting. I, I guess... I'm I'm using the term compulsion. I'm doing that thing again where I'm kind of defining terms for the sake of the discussion, and I'm avoiding using the term addicting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm using I'm I'm specifically avoiding the term addicting because like that has its own um, yeah, like that kind of means something. And um, I've heard the argument before, and I haven't necessarily gone way into um, whether or not I want to challenge that. But like some people have argued that games can't be addicting because addicting has to be like kind of more of a physical thing right um, okay and you can be compelled I, to do something so game compulsion yeah right That's i don't nuts. know if that yeah it's a little no. i don't 100 percent agree yeah, with it way. but i think compulsion gets the idea across sure. well yeah. enough sure. yes and i don't necessarily yes. think that compulsion is bad yes there are a lot of like cheap games that get that cheap compulsion out of you but there are also very good games that are enriching and also compelling yeah um but like 
I would define like junk food is you are compelled to eat junk food, even if you recognize it is bad for you. Um, but you are, uh, like driven to read Moby Dick, even if it's slog for you, um, because you understand that you will get something out of it. Um, right. Like it is enriching. And you can get past all of the millions of descriptions about what it is to be a sailor and like what it is to tie knots and shit. My, ship. my father thinks that that book is hilarious. <laughs> I actually have never read Moby Dick, so maybe it was a poor example for me to choose. Okay, I've read this book called Fuck Me. It's um It's like That's the Man what it's in the called. Sea. It's called Fuck yeah, Me. Yeah, it's called Fuck Me. It's a hentai yeah. book. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, reference to the pre-show. We're savages. Anyways, um <laughs> No, but it's uh, I think it's called The Man in the Sea or The Old Man in the Sea or something like that. Sea. Old Man in the Sea. It's very short mm-hmm. and yet it's very dense. Which is it's kind of what I feel like this game yep. is. It's very short and it's very dense in the sense of there's so much description in that book about what it is to live that person's life. Like it really is a case study or whatever in that person's existence. If you read that book, you're like, I have like in some way through osmosis sucked up some of the knowledge of what it is to be a sailor and to have that level of knowledge about the boats and in the sea, but also of that level of loneliness and what that life lives and, 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 and leads you to. But actually this game does similar. Like by the end, it's, there's so much beauty in, at least for me, like how you start to empathize with that character and you start to really suffer in a way because you see how clearly the human experience has dealt her what it's dealt you know definitely you know what i mean yeah i think they i think they did it well without doing it too much like i think they offered a perfect little like window glimpse into this life you know this lifestyle this time period um and it really made you at least for me personally really made me empathize with her and what she was dealing with yes and really made me want to see how it all got wrapped up at the end yes it wasn't like a slog of like you know they didn't make it like your character like wakes up every day and you go about like a daily routine, kind of like what Cat Lady did, hmm. um, where that kind of emphasized like her not day to day life, but it showed more of that end of things. Whereas this was just like a perfect glimpse into the trauma she had experienced, and then that's what led her to do the defining action that causes the game to kind of have its story. Right. So then. I think a lot about that in the sense of this game has her in some senses, in some readings, in some vantage points as being evil. I mean, she ruins people's lives. She does all sorts of things. And yet you as the player, at least, sorry, me as the player, speak from my perspective, I felt nothing but empathy for everyone in this situation. And I think that's a credit to the way the game portrays it. And especially the way the game culminates in either her ending or specifically the good ending where it's the characters who've been wronged in this story coming back and just coming to terms. Like at the end of the day, you were like, oh my God, humans did things in this story and they all got out of control and craziness went happened and terrible, terrible things went down at the end of the day. That's what it is to be human in this place. Like that's, that's the humanity of it. And I, I just love that aspect forever. There's no real evil. Like there is like aspects of evil from characters you, you forces you don't even really see or don't even really interact with. But at the end of the day, the people that you see, it's like, 
you feel for what has happened to them. You feel for what it would be like if your life was in their shoes, right? Like what if, if you were under those uh, laws, like laws or or forces or whatever, and you just you just you just experience it and and you feel sad for it, and yeah. you just just understand life a little better and and what it might do to people. I feel like um, that touches on a couple of things that I want to want to talk about. Um, so the first is that yeah, it's it's a very human story. Like it, it is set in in Taiwan under martial law, and that is it like an inextricable part of it. It's like it's important to to what it is, and like it's not something to discount. But it's a very human story. Like I actually felt that I could relate a lot more to this than I could to the cat lady. Um, and I think that's another part that helped me like this. Um, the cat lady, it, it's especially funny because the cat lady attempts to not be fully supernatural horror. It attempts to show, um, like humans being dicks basically and you dealing with that. Um, but there like, aren't it, any relatable characters in that game though. Right. Like Ray is very relatable. Like humans. Yeah. Ray is very relatable. She's in a situation you can understand, like, um, you can understand why she did the actions and still condemn them as Ray herself does. And as the, I think I would argue the game does, mm -hmm. um, like you can still understand, you can understand and also condemn. Um, and it is a lot more like the supernatural elements are not exactly the focus, despite the fact that it is all supernatural. Right. right. Um, the cat lady was, premised on uh you're immortal now and there are these people who are important parasites and you're talking to the devil and um like all these things that kind of make it impossible to relate to any of that and in this those elements are very present um but the the horror aspects of it are dealing with a repressive state and the things that happen under an oppressive regime and like the the way humans will eat each other and and that kind of stuff um it's a lot more like yeah yeah i have approached this game perhaps unfairly trying to figure out why it worked and the cat lady didn't and by the way fuck the cat lady because... right? am i right you guys <laughs> <laughs> i cannot stress no, like that. Right. I, I really did i fucking love that game but i really totally. don't think the cat lady worked and I like I don't necessarily want to say that you're wrong for liking it. I know I did, but that was mostly because I felt that you couldn't defend it well. <laughs> okay, um, okay, you won't say that. Clip that. I'll say clip you're that. wrong that was for a liking moment that game. From Adam. Okay, sorry. Go on. Um, right. Well, it's like I wish you, I I want to see you defend things, and maybe I come off a little bit as a dick when I'm like defend this. Um, but in any case, uh, I thought that this game worked. <laughs> In contrast to the Cat Lady, because it's a very human story and it's a very yeah. relatable story, um, despite the fact that it leans more heavily into the supernatural in some ways. Yeah. yeah. That's a credit to good writing. <clears throat> yeah, the, the supernatural wasn't like a key part of the story. Yeah, It was kind of like the setting, but it wasn't like Cat Lady where it's like, hey, you now have this unnatural ability of being unable to die. Yeah. And that's a key part of the story. You know, I would argue that the supernatural in this game is a key part of the story, but they use it in my reading, at least to like support what you guys are talking about Fair. in in, yeah. in the sense of like, 
the supernatural yeah. is all the setting that explains to you why this soul is tortured and it's in that purgatory state sure, and yeah. it needs to come to terms with it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like I feel like the reason Go ahead. The reason that the supernatural works is because it highlights the natural. Yes. Yeah. And it extends there the natural, go. right? Like it's it, you go from natural yeah. events into the supernatural in exactly the way I feel like the Asian mythology intends it to be. In that there is more that happens after death. <laughs> Us, as a group of four white guys yes. who have almost no understanding of Taiwanese mythology, think that this really made it work as intended. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I just... I've been to Japan and to Korea. That's close enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were at least there. Oh, Jesus. I saw, I saw <laughs> guys. No. no, it's fine. He was at Japan one time, and I've watched hentai for years. <laughs> so, Come on. Also, I'm, I'm just... Buddhist now. <laughs> I reject this. I reject all of the things that are happening right now. Everyone go to jail. <laughs> um, that's a very uh, oppressive Thought style. crime, thought yeah, crime. Exactly. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm just saying I'm just saying like whether or not this is like the way that it is intended, the 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 way that it comes off to me is that there the supernatural aspect is to is like the afterlife, right? It is the next steps of this soul before it reaches reaches the promised land. And I cannot believe how well that fits this game. In fact, interestingly enough, I texted you this game, but I should say it on the motherfucking podcast that the name Detention is the American name, but the name in Taiwanese uh, is actually Return to School because it is about dealing with the events as way the whole game is actually truly from return the... to school is english mccoy that's a fair point all right you know what i throw it off you know the right, name right. in taiwanese yeah, you're right yeah can you can you just pronounce oh the uh, i know you look it up can you, just, can you just pronounce that for us dude oh my god my pronunciation would be can the most offensive thing that i say today like it's just can you even read can you even read the glyphs no god no i'm like that's that I looks can't. like a house <laughs> and they're like, actually, that is really class, but I'm like, nice. Um, but no, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm just... No, that one's school. You're right. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Uh, all I'm saying is, if you contextualize this whole experience after you've had it as return to school, it really does show you that at the end of the day, there is a way perspective, way the character. There's a perspective from him that mm. this game has at its almost outermost level, where... It's all about her, but at the end of the day, he's the one coming to terms with it, being the only one essentially left that hasn't... Um, he's the frame of this story. Yes. And that is so beautiful. Like, like what I what I will give this game a lot of credit for is I remember seeing that character, that guy who rolled around the school and being like, I don't understand who he is. And Gabe had theorized that he was the friend who was also there burning the books, and I just didn't know... But later, I, this thought occurred to me while I was explaining this story to Elena that it was Wei, after all, who came after, like back to, to, to come through these memories. And I was like, that fits amazingly well. And I kept thinking over and over again, this fits really well. This fits really well. And this game was like 10 steps ahead of me already. And I probably missed like three contextual clues that would have like clued me into that. But it was just the point. It was like, it fits so well. And it was just such a nice after the game addition to the like the bow on top of it that i was just like dude this game is cohesive as hell like it knows what it wants to say and it, and it says it and it gets there and it makes sense and i i don't know i was just impressed very impressed yeah 
this game is a complete package. Um, like it doesn't, the arc works really well. Like that, that shift from terror to horror, um, that like works with the theme. Yeah. Okay. Who's, who's giggling? I hear that. (laughs) It's James. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I think that works really well, uh, from a number of perspectives. Um, yeah. I had something that I was going to say, and I've forgotten it because it's my, my fault. brain is all, all right, broken. So tell me, Adam. <clears throat> no, it's fine. It's my fault. I promised myself I wouldn't bring this up, but here I am. Um, this game does not condemn suicide. Why do you not bother with it? Uh, let's see. It doesn't condemn suicide. Um, in fact, it culminates in it. I actually didn't really notice that. It does. Um, it doesn't really glorify it. Um, it culminates in a suicide, and that is, as we've noted, the bad ending. Yep. Um, I mean, it is what happened, um, but it isn't the, so I'm going off the cuff here cause I didn't actually notice that really in the game and maybe I, you know, I can't be on all the time. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Can't be on watch for injustice yep. at all times. Fair tonight, yeah. No, day. I understand. Um, but, uh, there was that, that, again, that poem at the end, life ends, but sin is permanent in silence. I wait my curtain call. So there's that bit where it kind of. It's like, no, suicide isn't really the answer. You haven't solved anything by killing yourself. Like, you have to acknowledge your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, that will that will actually end things. So it isn't glorifying suicide. It isn't Suicide is not uh, portrayed in some kind of, like, heroic way in this game. Um, it's not... Actually, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I think this is one of the better depictions... Um, of suicide in media because suicide in media very frequently does glorify it this very much does not mm-hmm. um it contextualizes suicide. Yes. it shows you the depths of the human soul that you might reach where you think this is an answer and we can deal with whether yeah. or not that's the answer that's a different question but this just shows you the feeling like you sink there and you're like my yeah. god that is a lot to dig yourself out of i mean you did so much and, that you didn't mean to do and and that's the thing it emp- it creates it creates a world where you empathize with her and you're like you know you know she didn't mean to do that to that level you know she didn't so you know? did i so uh i guess at what point what what stance did you think i had um mccoy i'm curious because i don't recall ever coming down and saying like all mentions of suicide are bad or like um yeah so, what, so this what is specifically a reference to layers of fear where at the end of that it culminates in suicide in one of the endings and you said in that case this is just a tool and it's in some sense i don't know if it was glorifying it per se but it's unjustified and and that is met in the context of also wishing that that character had met more of a demise than they did for the terrible actions that they committed to their family and and just wondering how this is different here yeah. Okay. I can get into that then. So in, in layers of fear, uh, like it, it's kind of posed as some kind of repentance. Um, like, Oh, look at the, like, this is the good ending. He recognizes his family's important and that he will never get them back. And so he, he self immolates in this kind of like, uh, he's the good guy now, I guess, despite having done nothing at all to grapple with his issues, doing nothing at all to make amends to anyone. He's just some idiot burning himself and like it's framed as a good, like it's kind of a good thing. And like it's set alongside the 
quote unquote good ending or like what many people I think would parse is the good ending. Um, and like, that's really troubling. It's like, it glorifies it. It's not necessarily that suicide is, is like present, but it glorifies it. Tension super doesn't, right? It's, it isn't the answer. It is the whole point of the game is that you committed suicide and you're not done. You haven't grappled with it yet. You haven't like actually done anything to break out of hell yet. Like, you know, your sin is forever. Like you have to deal with that. And as you talk to the ghost, um, like you kind of accept who you are over the court. Like, yeah, the whole arc of the game works towards this. Now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. um, where, uh, you don't know what's going on at first. And that the, the mirror scene where you ask yourself, or did you just want to forget? Like, are you just trying to forget? Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of points out that you've got things to deal with. And then there's that scene where you go and you're about to go into the counselor's office and you were chased away by, uh, a, you know, a big old, unnamed monster full of arms and stomping legs and all that mm-hmm. um and later you actually do get to go there once you kind of have the context and have thought about that a little bit more um and the game becomes a lot less terrifying as you come to understand what has happened um and so it sort of lightens its tone as you approach an understanding of what has happened and why what you have done is bad mm-hmm. um in some ways um and not just bad in like a um like obviously ray came to understand something uh, or what were rather you know she did kill herself as a result of what she did um it's unclear whether or not she like did the mental work to really come to terms with that and really understand like why what she did was wrong and or whether it was just uh, like oh no i accidentally killed my boyfriend or whatever it's yeah so the big difference is that layers of fear glorified it um it was like ah yes look at this heroic man killing himself because he's sad or something and this game is very much not it uses it as a um plot element but it isn't just like that cheap tool that i felt that it was in layers of fear um they really address it it's the point And because they talked about it responsibly and they talked about it, um, they, they did the topic justice, which they did not in Layers of Fear. Um, so I guess that, does that answer your question? Like, have I articulated why I think it worked in this and not in Layers of Fear? Absolutely. And with that, I think you should give your rating. I think we're there. cool does anyone else i guess this is the end so like sure um but yeah um i give this game a thumbs up Mm -hmm. uh i quite liked it um it doesn't exactly get two thumbs up and maybe that's because i'm missing some context or because i don't understand how rating systems work (laughs) um our rating system is unnecessarily but, confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time we have to go over, wait, what, how do we rate things again? I give uh, uh, three pie thumbs up. I don't yeah. know. Um, so this game was really cohesive. Um, it had an arc and it stuck to it uh, th- from a mechanical standpoint. Like the mechanics in a game like this are much less important. Um, and to some degree, they like, it felt to me that they were just using a point-and-click format, but they did more with that 
Um, like they had those handful of items that were embodied in the world or um, tell the story through the items, the per- particularly the, um, the gun labeled banned reading list and the noose labeled sin. Um, like those were really good examples of how you can use the medium uh, or at least try to use the medium in a way that is more than just superficial. Uh, the puzzles were not frustrating. I felt that all the puzzles were like a single logical leap away. Um, they weren't all necessarily logical because you're kind of in this dream world. Um, but they were all sensical, right? Sensible, uh, in that, like, you know, you don't necessarily know like, Oh, I know what I have to do with this directly, but um, or like, why is this going to help me? But it, you know, okay, well, we got a gambling bowl and we got three dice, so let's chuck them in there. Like, you don't know how that's going to move things forward, but you don't need to. You just need to know that that's what happens for the puzzle to work and not get in your way. There was only one puzzle that I had to look up the answer to, and it was the the clock puzzle. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it is a fully cohesive thing. It has interesting subject matter that it treats well. Um, which is like, they had a story that they wanted to tell and they used the right tools to do it. And they had a good way of telling that story. And I appreciate their writing. I appreciate their insights. Um, it was quality and I've said, I'm probably going to later give something two thumbs up and be like, it was all right. Yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) But I had platforming in it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and upgrade this to two thumbs up actually, because I think it, it actually does deserve that. Um, I have convinced myself of that. Sick. That's awesome. James, you want to follow that up? What do you think, man? I know you were scared. I know you closed one eye while playing the entirety of this <sighs> game. But at the end of the day, how did it land? I mean... I mean... I want to give it one thumb down because it was scary, but it wasn't really scary. It was just like a little bit... <clears throat> and I'm really just like in a place this month, I guess, where scary just sucks way worse. Yep. And it's layers of fear. Honestly, fun. like the trauma that you experienced in layers of fear, like we all owe you so much for. Yeah, no, it was awful. I hated it. Um, but that was layers of fear. This one is better. Uh, I mean, honestly, the the story and like, I like it better after our discussion than I did before, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like talking it through made it more interesting to me. Um, so now I'm more inclined to give it like one thumb up. Um, so maybe I'll just work it out in the middle. No thumbs. No thumbs yeah respect but like but like i mean there was some there was some good stuff there awesome um i'll jump in here uh to me this game does such an incredible job at i guess showcasing the human experience like you you feel so much empathy in this game for the characters and at the end of the day, it's like, I, I I know it's my own reading of the good ending, but I really do sit there and feel as if I'm watching that final scene where Wei is sitting there across from Ray, and 
they're just they're just there they're just being like they're just saying like it all is said and done but they are just there and it's like that's something that only happens in humans with a lot of time so it's like they're they they may have hated each other and he may have hated her for what she did to him but at the end of the day like there's so much human that pours through that you're just like this happened and we're sorry and and now here we are we can't change it so it just it gets you so far past the like petty like i hate you for doing this and so much deeper into the characters into their suffering and into their mind that i i just i don't know i i loved it it landed so well um i know the aspects of asian mythology that i essentially have no context for or maybe have no understanding of at all uh they were interesting to me. Like I, I don't claim to like know them super well, but they were very interesting and they gave this game its own unique flavor that I really appreciate. Like I, I just appreciate going through it and being like, Oh weird. This is just like a weird, strange take on this, but it clearly has power and it has meaning. So to, to me, this game was way better than I expected it to be and way more cohesive than I expected it to be. And I think it, it, the game itself feels like it was inspired in some senses by like Asian design or something. I don't know. This game feels foreign to me. I don't see games from North America that feel like this. And I mean that to say that it was, it was cohesive in a way that felt so intentional and felt so designed and so cohesive. And it's just like, I'm impressed. It was awesome. Like I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed going through it. Um, it was different and lovely. And I think the bad ending that I got based on the playthrough that we had, Gabe and I together, like landed so well that up until that point, I wasn't sure where I was going to go with it in terms of thumbs. And then once it landed at the end, I was like, I'm certainly sure to me, like, this is a two thumbs up game. Like it landed so hard and so well, and it tied itself up with a bow and just left. And I just watched it go like, holy shit nicely done so that's that's my opinion two thumbs up for sure gabe what do you think am i fucking off base no i agree with you but i was gonna say thank you for making a short point long you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) we're all a little bit guilty of that except for you you are you are the pinnacle of concision you're damn right (laughs) um no but i i agree that that for me this game was two thumbs up because i loved how it was just kind of like this brief you know, like glimpse window into this. It was, um, it was Asian horror, which I love. It didn't feel like it was too long. Um, if anything, maybe even like if, if it was like a hair longer, had a little bit more context, but for me, it was great. Um, I loved the more subtle aspects of like the, the horror terror aspect. Um, and I thought the story was really well done. I, I loved how they really, they really like humanized everybody and did not make it black or white of like, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. You felt for all the characters. Um, and yeah, it's, I enjoyed every aspect of it. And I think I agree with McCoy where it, it set out to do what it wanted to, it did it really well and it wrapped it up very nicely. So Gabe, tell me this. I know you've downloaded the 
next game from this studio, Red Candle. Um, are you excited to play that game? Like, are oh, you yeah. are you like these guys are doing it right? I'm down to watch. Absolutely, awesome. Don't tell China that though. No, and I say that because this game has been. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I say that because their next game is removed from Steam potentially forever because it is a oh, game shit. that had a art asset in it that was somewhat undercover, but was uncovered that had a uh basically a depiction of the the leader of china as winnie the pooh like this classic meme that's going around reddit all day oh it had it in this game he hates that and this game was essentially permanently removed from steam and they may not ever release it again um and their statement was by the way so so truly sad and biting and they basically just said First of all, A, this was placeholder. We didn't mean to, for this to go through. I think they might have even gone as far to say it was a contract that did it, and they didn't have any intention of it. But then they said, at the end of the day, we are really sorry that the world speaks only of our game for this mistake and not for the game itself. And they said, one day we may release this if the world, and it was like exactly specifically if the world speaks of our game in the way that it deserves and not this controversy or something like that. And so we may never see it. And as a result, Gabe pirated it and we're totally going to play it. So let's fucking do this boys. Um, <laughs> anyways, that is our fucking episode today. We are so thankful for everyone for listening. Um, I don't have a super sick slick ending as Zoe might, but I think I'm just going to say next week, we're going to play Yomawari night alone, which is Gabe's choice ish. We voted. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> It was it was his nom he nominated right. it and we through the through a process that resembled consensus <laughs> also, arrived have, at the decision to last, play it. We have one last uh, we have a message from our, our sponsor, Visual. <laughs> uh, Wait, no, you did that wrong, James. It's not visual, it's visual. It's, it's China. Visual. <laughs> visual says we are not liberate by Hong Kong <laughs> the revolution of our time. <laughs> oh my god oh my god how could you do that you've doomed us to an eternal world of darkness how could you do that we were so oh, nope sorry what sorry was there something you wanted i'm sorry nope, nope. she i'm sorry you are no the reason the reason go ahead eternal darkness <laughs> no we bring our own light with us it's the candle no anyways let's get the fuck out of here um yo thank you so much for listening um who the fuck knows heart of truth <laughs> truth the power anyways which coast are we all on no fuck that anyways um goodbye everyone uh and we're done <laughs> We're not we're not gonna say in this episode because that way China can't tell where we totally. are. I get that. I get that. They can't just listen to past episodes. No. It's not allowed. That's too much work. Yeah, exactly. Impossible. It's There's impossible. too much content. Yeah. Plus like <sighs> wait, no, watch seriously, we're getting like twelve one star reviews. Being <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because you know wanna know why that's awesome? I'll tell like, you exactly. No one reviews our thing and then suddenly yeah, we'll, I was going to say, but here's well, why, why that's awesome. awesome. Because here's how that happens. I will tell it to you right now. If China review bombs us like they do on Steam and they destroy our, our fledgling podcast, all we do is post to Reddit with that story. China review bombed our Yo. podcast and it was our fledgling podcast. And all of a sudden, thousands thousands of positive reviews float in and then we don't even have to make good content Yo, or build anything we just launched ourselves fuck yeah podcast from china
Pull the trigger, Chinese government. Do it. Fuck yeah. Also, review our podcast. It's all just James clips. Like no just... walls, they won't. Oh, okay. all right. Take all right. care. I'm, 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 I'm Bye, done. I'm probably cutting this shit out. This shit's garbage. Anyways, um, take care. Uh, yeah, we know I you don't, don't edit. Um, bye, everyone. Fuck yeah.